You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White and today we're talking about how to gain self-confidence. And I really wanted to do this episode, although I've talked about self-confidence and imposter syndrome before, and I'll link those episodes in the show notes, it comes up over and over again. A lot of people struggle with it. They feel like they don't know enough, that they aren't far enough ahead of their niche clients, haven't got the right results yet to be a coach, that they're not a good enough role model, all of those sorts of things. Or maybe I shouldn't leave my career and change into something else because I don't have enough experience or I don't have a higher degree in something health related. I'm not perfect enough. And the truth is, if you want to be successful in business or in life, you need to address imposter syndrome and build self-confidence. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the most effective ways to do it. But let's start with some background. I want to be really clear about one thing. You can absolutely become more self-confident without experiencing imposter syndrome. It's very possible. People do it. But unfortunately, imposter syndrome is common for a lot of people who are learning new things, stepping into bigger roles, especially if you've had some past experience and you've been really successful for something and you're trying a new skill. For example, I played violin as a child and all through my teenage years and then didn't touch it for many years. And I've been starting again pretty much the last few years. And it's quite humbling to know that once I could play reasonably well and now I'm starting again as a person who has accomplished a lot in my life and in my career. But that's okay. I've learned that I'm starting at the beginning and it's okay not to be perfect and I don't feel like an imposter. I'm part of an amateur orchestra. But, you know, maybe 10 years ago, I would have felt like an extreme imposter. And the question then is, how do you deal with it? A lot of people think it's just a matter of what you say to yourself and that you need to say, well, I just have to stop comparing myself to others or I I need to do another training course. But how did that work for you? If you've had imposter syndrome, what was it like to just do the next training course? It just really delays the feeling. It doesn't make it go away. It just helps you gain a bit more time to avoid doing the thing that's creating the lack of confidence. I've been on that merry-go-round and I know what it's like and I know how your thoughts can step in and take over and be judgmental and more like a punishment than something that's helpful. And that's really why I wanted to talk about two things today. Firstly, the self-confidence mindset and some tips for you to become more self-confident at at work and at play in relationships so that you can step into life and get what you want more quickly instead of just sitting there in this painful place. Firstly, I want to say that we often think self-confidence is gained through discipline, but is it really? It's tempting to think that we can simply use discipline to make ourselves do things that are hard or that are necessary, even if we don't feel very capable or confident in that moment. And that could be true, but this is where I think you can go down one of two paths. You can say, well, I'm going to tell myself certain things and get them done. But sometimes that language isn't very helpful. So I want to ask you the question, How do you speak to yourself in that moment when you feel like an imposter? Do you put on a stern voice and tell yourself to put the big girl pants on and just get on with it or stop playing small and just put yourself out there? 
they might look like motivational statements or affirmations from the outside, but there's judgment in them if you think about it. And the more you say those sorts of things to yourself, the more you're going to entrench yourself in what I would call maybe a judgment loop. Because in my experience, people who say those sorts of things to themselves rarely do it with a tone of compassion or empathy or affirmation. It's the tone of voice that's important. So right now, I invite you to think about a friend of yours who might feel like an imposter. They come to you and they say, oh, I'm just not good enough or I don't know enough or whatever. Would you use the same tone of voice and say those same things to them that you would say to yourself? Probably not. And the reality is, even if you manage to say those things to yourself and put the imposter aside for a moment and take action, you haven't actually addressed the issue, which is the way you talk to yourself. So the chance is that you're still going to be speaking judgmentally to yourself after the fact, after you've taken action. You might think things like, well, that didn't work, or everyone there was better than me, or I'll never do that again, or I failed, or I set myself up for failure. I'm such a self-sabotager. You might even feel like such a fraud and feel guilty about lying to your audience or letting people down or letting yourself down. So coming back to what I said before, the way you speak to yourself and your mindset around this is often judgmental. It's a systemic issue. And you'll know that because you'll see those statements coming up in other contexts, like when you started your business or what you're like at marketing or that you might fail. I don't know how to run a business. I've never done it before. I hate marketing. I'm no good at it. It didn't work. So once again, I'm just saying that it's the thoughts that you're having that are the problem. It's not whether you're competent or not. It's the systemic issue of what you say to yourself. So coming back to the concept of discipline, my opinion is that discipline can be helpful if it's used wisely and if you speak to yourself in a positive and affirming way. But it's not necessarily helpful in beating imposter syndrome and building self-confidence because it might actually perpetuate the issue if you're using the wrong voice. So how do you remedy that? Well, let's talk about tackling the imposter with more helpful and compassionate thinking. Because the interesting thing here is that even if some of those statements you say to yourself are true, and you might be thinking this now, yeah, you're saying that, but some of those things are true. I'm not as far ahead as my clients. I did fail at doing such and such this week. Maybe so, but how helpful is it for you to think that way? And please know also that you have a choice as to whether you think that way about yourself or not. Chances are it's an ingrained habit. So let's talk about how to gain self-confidence. And really the answer starts with how you talk to yourself. So I'm going to preface this, do this bit first and talk about this before we talk about the tips. I want to help you to see that you have a choice in the way that you speak to yourself and this could have a huge impact on how confident you feel and therefore whether you take action or not 
and therefore how successful you are and therefore what you learn from your experience, whether you fail or succeed. So firstly, imagine what would happen if you swapped out that statement, I'm no good and I can't do this, for something more compassionate, compassionate and supportive like, come on, give it your best shot or come on, take action, keep going. You can do this. Yeah, you can do this. Firstly, how would you feel if you spoke to yourself that way instead? How would that feeling affect your motivation to do something, to take action? How would that affect your sense of self-worth? How would that affect your determination and persistence? The work that you're looking at right now is turning those sorts of statements into a habit. Watching your thoughts, catching the beat myself up language and replacing it with more helpful and compassionate thoughts. Journaling can be an immensely supportive part of this process because it gives you a tangible way, not just to do the task of thought watching and rewriting your thoughts, but also you get to see what you've been thinking to document it and to alter the thoughts you have each day on paper and it accelerates your learning. Now, I can't say this enough. A lot of people think that mindset work is just about talking to someone and having some magical thing happen and suddenly your thoughts shift. Well, that could happen, but the likelihood is that you're going to have to do daily work, just like building muscles at the gym. You can't magically take a pill and become strong or become fit. You have to actually do the work four to five times a week. And this is the same thing with your mindset coming up with those more affirming, confident, encouraging statements that you believe instead of the unhelpful ones. Now let's build on the concept of that mindset and talk about some tips. I think I've got about four that you can use to become more self-confident. Number one is you can gain self-confidence by becoming your own best friend. So going back to the earlier concept we talked about today of considering how you might speak to a friend who feels like this, gives you another way to think about beating imposter syndrome and gaining confidence. Imagine right now, if you were your own best friend and that you admired yourself unreservedly and had your back at every opportunity, what would that be like? Well, I can tell you that your ability to build confidence might be a lot easier and a lot faster. I was listening to a Dan Sullivan podcast recently and he described this experience he had years ago. He was asked on the podcast, how did you manage to put aside your imposter syndrome and build a thriving coaching business 30 years ago when nobody was doing it? And you know what he said? It was really interesting. He said, well, one day I decided to start treating myself like a friend and to develop that relationship with myself, to be kind to myself and to speak to myself differently and to support myself and everything changed. And if you look at Dan Sullivan now 30 years on, he's one of the most successful, richest and best known coaching leaders in the world. So what if you were more compassionate, gave yourself permission, supported yourself when you failed and encouraged yourself when you tried? What if you developed a friendship relationship with yourself? Treat yourself almost like the third person. Give it a go. 
and then follow up with my next tip, which supports that one. And the next tip is to, to gain self-confidence through celebrating wins. The fact is, in my experience, most of the people I work with and I know who lack self-confidence do exactly zero celebrating of their own wins. And this is the simplest and most painless way I know to build self-confidence. All you need to do is celebrate two to three wins that you've had every day. In coaching sessions with my clients, if they're being hard on themselves or beating themselves up for a lack of progress or a lack of results, I often step back and reflect with them on how far they've come in the past three to six months. I ask them where they are now instead of then, what they've achieved. And even though they know what they've done and they're aware of it, making time and space to celebrate the win provides them with an eye-opening response. Their whole body language shifts, their whole feeling about themselves shift, and they become more self-aware, self-accepting of their program, progress and validated. So that's a really important thing to do. You can also gain self-confidence through skills development. So, for example, let's say that you try to do something and it doesn't work. There are going to be lessons to be learned. And although it feels hard and uncomfortable to fail, you might just want to beat yourself up or crawl back under your rock and put it all behind you and move on. But if you go through that and dissect that experience like a scientist would to see what happened, you can identify which skills you need to learn then make a plan to learn. So I'm not talking about going off and hiding behind 100 courses of, instead of actually doing the work you were meant to be doing. I'm talking about getting help to learn how to do things or to do a short course for a specific skill or to outsource something to somebody else if you can't do it. Here's an example. Let's say you're really good at attracting leads to your business, but people drop off when they do a sales call with you. So there could be a few things going wrong there. Maybe it's the content of your conversation. Maybe the value proposition isn't clear enough. Maybe your leads aren't ready to change or ready to buy. You've targeted the wrong sector of the audience. Maybe your options sound too hard or overwhelming. The best thing you can do is find out why they've said no. Talk to someone else who's good at sales conversations and get some help. Those are two skills, two things you can do to develop the skills that will help you to nail it in future. After all, if you made a cake and the cake was flat and terrible, you might say, oh, well, I'm never making that cake again. But you could also go back and say, well, why did it go flat? Why did it crack on the top? Why did it burn on the bottom? I want to make that cake again. It looks so great in the picture. What do I need to do differently to get the recipe right? It's exactly the same thing. So treat your failures like a, a fallen cake, if you like. And ask yourself, what do you need help with right now? I invite you to reflect on this because every minute that you're not getting help, that you're not figuring out what it is, you're not progressing. That's the first step in building self-confidence is often tackling self-efficacy, your ability to do certain things. And that leads into my last point of gaining self-confidence through support seeking. Because the reality is most people don't talk to themselves nicely. They don't celebrate wins. They don't work on developing skills. They don't look at lessons learned. 
what do they do? They sit back and judge themselves instead because it's a comfortable and familiar pattern, even though it sucks. So seeking support to uncover what you're doing, what those patterns are and why, and then to develop some new habits like the ones I've spoken about today is a key element to your success in becoming more confident. And really, that's what coaching is all about. So the short of it is, working with your own coach can help you to become better at self-confidence much faster so that you can ungrow the unhelpful patterns you've had before and get what you want in life. How important is it for you right now to invest in yourself this way? I'll leave you with that thought and summarize what we've discussed today. We talked about how to gain self-confidence and we talked about the fact that you can absolutely build self-confidence without experiencing imposter syndrome, but it's not often that it happens that way. A lot of people struggle with that. We talked about why forcing yourself to do something with discipline can lead to unhelpful judgmental thoughts that keep you in a judgment loop and block your progress. And I offered five ways to help you build confidence without feeling like an imposter. And really, they're just habits. The first habit is to develop the habit of more compassionate thinking. Make it part of your routine to think compassionately about yourself. The second is to become your own friend and develop the habit of treating yourself like a best friend. To develop the habit of celebrating wins. To develop the habit of analysing performance and doing some targeted skills development. Treat your mistakes like a scientific dissection without the emotion involved. Develop the habit of seeking support with those other four points until they become habits. That's it. It's a hard road, but it really just means unpicking and rewiring some of those unhelpful habits you've had, starting with your thinking. And if you'd like to work with a coach around self-confidence, get in touch with me via my contact page and I can support you or refer you to someone else who works in this space. And I might actually interview a coach I know who calls herself the confidence coach. So stay tuned. Thanks for being here. As always, I look forward to seeing you next week. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave me a five-star rating. Thanks very much. See you soon.